stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meet, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And we've got a very exciting guest today. We do, everyone. We have Teresa Reed, a.k.a. the Tarot Lady. And she is a go-to figure. <laughs> she is a go-to figure in the tarot and astrology community. And she's published four books. Is it right? There are four books that four are out, books, right? Four books, two decks, and I've got two books coming out next year. The most recent item, though, that Teresa is releasing is this September, and it's a tarot deck for kids. And I won't say too much about it because I was on the pre-order list. She also <laughs> creates a weekly astrology for businesses, pulls a card a day, teaches on Patreon, interviews a variety of people in the community on her Instagram channel, and even has her own very own sidekick. We love him, Benny the Goat. And I have no clue if she ever sleeps. Maybe we will ask her that today. And um, I discovered her predicting the future this year on that Witch Life podcast. And then I went back and listened to her prediction for 2020, which was eerily accurate. Even though you never named uh, the pandemic, you were totally talking about the pandemic and you listened to that. So go back and listen to that Witch Life podcast, January 2020. It's it's freaky amazing. And we're just thrilled to have you join us and frankly, really lucky because Teresa is a busy badass that has so much wisdom and humor to ch share. And she's intuitive, a social justice warrior, and just an amazing human. And Teresa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for that amazing introduction. And I am so happy to be jamming with you and Corey today. So thank you for inviting me. I've been looking forward to this for weeks and weeks because um, I am sometimes able to get to your daily poll in the morning. But Detta, I know, goes religiously. Um, I try. And she talks about <laughs> not to like put her on blast, but she talks about you constantly. And it's very, very fun. Aww. We love you. We love you around the bonfire. I love the love. Yeah. I'm all into that love stuff. So uh, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. And listeners, I if they don't know you quote personally yet on Instagram, they've heard us talk about you. And so we're just happy to be here. And let's, we're going to just dive right in. We're huge on origin stories here. Mm -hmm. And I suspect that this uh, first question is going to take you back to a beginning of some sort of era in your life. Why tarot and astrology? And did you discover them at the same time or separately? Well, you know, for me, I was, tip I, I was always a nosy, curious kid. And I always asked a lot of questions. I wanted to know why and why I was the way I was and why am I with this family? Um, you know, so I always had those big questions. And I remember being attracted to super witchy stuff also when I was young. You know, I I, I remember those old ads they had in the, in the Inquirer for those witchcraft books. And I would like stare at them and pour over them. So I've always been drawn to that. I grew up with a very intuitive mother and grandmother and a very superstitious grandmother mm -hmm. on the other side so all of that intuition and magic stuff was in my life just it it was and uh the way i got into tarot and astrology was actually through a friend her mother um was a, an astrologer and so when i was in high school she introduced me to her mother 
and the mother's name was Lolly, and Lolly did my chart. And the chart made sense. It made sense. And wow. suddenly I'm like, oh my God, I get it. This makes a lot more sense than all this other garbage that I'm like hearing from my parents and stuff. So I dove into <laughs> astrology. And of course, you know, one thing leads to another. I was in one of one of the bookstores uh, at the mall, and I went to the little tiny metaphysical section looking for astrology books, and I saw a tarot deck. And I just took it on a whim. Mm. I, it was just like, oh my God, I've seen that in the movies. Boom, witchy stuff, you're going home with me. And I laid out those cards. It was the Marseille deck. I was puzzled. I was confused. I was excited. I was instantly fascinated. And I've had a tarot deck in my hands ever since then. And that's like 41 years ago. She started when she was three. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. (laughs) That is amazing. That was one of the questions. Do you identify as a witch? Do you call yourself a witch? Uh, I'm actually one of those people. I like to say when it comes to anything spiritual or religious, I'm not really totally committed to anything. Now, this is speaking like a true Gemini because I like a little of this and a little of that and a little of this and a little of that. And so, you know, I like to say I'm nice to all the gods just in case. And I'm not really overly committed to anything. You know, if I had to describe like uh, my philosophy, I love Zen Buddhism. That and yoga philosophy, those things really make up the backbone of how I live my life. But I really don't commit to anything. But do I do witchy things? Yeah, I'm totally into witchy stuff. Absolutely. I mean, again, I wasn't looking at those magic, the magic of witchcraft or whatever those books were called back then um, for grins. I was deeply interested in changing my circumstances. I hated my childhood. I hated Uh. it. So I wanted to escape. I wanted to change it. I wanted magic, presto. You know, that was something that really drove me to all that stuff. And so I'm always interested in anything witchy. I've got crystals everywhere. I've got talisman jewelries. I wear all these magical oils all the time. I'm always ordering witchy stuff. So, and I was of course into the goth scene. So, I mean, come on now. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Goth scene for life. (gasps) I love the fact that you, and you talk about this a lot on your morning tarot readings on Instagram, is that you set your new intentions at the new moon and you've got a favorite book that you follow with the new moon. Oh, it's right there. It's new moon. Astrology. It's right here. Jan. I love Jan. So I have, well, I have your books here and Jan's book and Rachel Pollock's book, mm-hmm. and they are my go-to. So that's 78 degrees of wisdom by Rachel Pollock and astrology for your soul by Jan Spiller and all of the ones we've already mentioned for Teresa, which is, Tarot for Troubled Times, Astrology for Daily Life, and Tarot, No Questions Asked. And then there's one coming out, which I'll talk about in The Sparks. But when I heard about Jan Spiller's other book that you just mentioned on Instagram, on the Instagram Live, and also you mention it occasionally in class, especially around hot dates, that was the first time that when you said that, I went, hmm. I wonder if Teresa's a witch. You could say, uh, yes, you could say, I definitely got my witchy tendencies. I love new moon astrology because it really it, it, re- it really works. Yeah. You're setting intentions with the new moon. And Jan Spiller's book, I was doing that before I discovered this book because I'm always trying again to make magic happen. I'm very, very super intentional in everything. And 
that book, when I got it, I started following her little rules. And I got to tell you, it works like a charm. I'll go back and look at my journals from years ago where I was writing down specific things and how many things have manifested. It's crazy. It's really oh, crazy how good love her that. technique works. And I love the fact that you're journaling and, and keeping mm, track I'm of it. I'm huge into journaling. Yeah. Yep. Journaling is everything. We love a journal. It's true. We love, so I have a question. Do you do it handwritten or on the computer or a mix of both? Handwritten. Yeah. It's always, I mean, my, my blog is kind of like a place where I'm like, you know, kind of journaling about things too. Because uh, I'll write personal things and whatnot on there. But all of my um, journaling is handwritten. There's something about that that's satisfying. It's therapeutic. And I also think it's more magical. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Lisa Marie Basile wrote a book called uh, The Magical Writing Grimoire, which is all about how your pen is a wand. And I really believe in her philosophy on that. And I think there's something satisfying too. about writing it down by hand. It just feels like it's more potent. I agree. There's something about... There's something about the magic of taking something as ephemeral and intangible as a thought and making it real by simply like putting it down. And these symbols that we've decided mean something. And I think that's so, so cool. I also, I journal by hand as well. Um, and that's why. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's magic. It is that energy that comes off of the page and the intention that you can get and just the feelings and the emotions you can get off of certain handwriting picking up on what state of mind somebody was in when they were writing. I love that. Well, or when, when you look back on your own journals and you see what kind of state of mind you were in, I look back on some journal entries and I'm like, Ooh, someone was having a bad day. Oh yeah. I, I got to burn these journals too, before I die. I'm like, I don't want my kids reading this garbage. So <laughs> there'll be some burning happening at some no. point. Boom. Burn my journals and clear my browser history. That's what I say. I exactly. I want to find them. You know, <laughs> well, in a next life, when I look back and look at mm -hmm. Teresa's journals, darn. Uh, well, hey, I'm part of Teresa's Patreon. Mm -hmm. Full disclosure, I'm a big fan, and Teresa is very aware <laughs> of that. Ever since I I found her on that Witch Life podcast, I have just been a huge fan. And anyway, this Patreon. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You make yourself so available. This is one of the most interactive and full Patreons. Like, talk about worth your money. Everything else pales as far as quality, not just quality, quality and quantity that you put out. And you you teach on there. And I've, mm -hmm. I've just, I wonder, you're such a phenomenal teacher, by the way. And I, it's obvious that you enjoy doing it. What are the rewards and challenges of making yourself so available on Patreon, mm. Instagram, your blog, all of that? Well, the rewards are you're connecting with people and you're sharing information. And, you know, the whole thing with Patreon, I, I shied away from it. I'm like, eh, no, it's one way. I had a friend who was like, listen, you should go on Patreon. I'm like, nah. He's like, no, I'm on Patreon. You should go on, nah, nah, nah. Mm. And then I was with another friend and she said, I was I was talking about online teaching. I'm like, oh, it's such a pain in the butt. I don't do much of it because you got to chase people. And she goes, oh, on Patreon, it does it all for you. You just got to set everything up and then they'll send the reminders and create the replays. I'm like, what? And she showed me and I'm like, hmm. 
<laughs> and so that's why I got on Patreon was to teach. But what I wanted to do there was to share a lot of information. And so there's exclusive content content that you're only going to get there. Mm -hmm. um, the extended card of the day, the hot dates, which is a really fun interactive live event where we go over all the dates for the month. Uh, people get the early sneak peek for the horoscopes. Uh, we do political astrology over there, which reminds me, I've got some stuff I want to be putting up soon. I Ooh. even did the astrology of my husband's collapsed lung. And it was I saw fascinating. That. <laughs> yes. And so, and then I have all my classes. Yeah. I mean, and I have all my classes there. So people actually get a tremendous amount of bang for the buck because I see some other Patreon accounts and it's like, you hardly ever hear from them. Mm -hmm. Me, I'm in there every day in your inbox with something. So it is a very interactive thing. And I love, love, love to teach. And the thing about being accessible, it is a way for me to, you know, share my work and to be of service to people. And I look at when I'm doing things like Instagram, my Instagram lives and that mm -hmm. I'm being of service, I'm sharing yeah. information. And the beautiful thing is I can do that. And I can help people. And I know that from the fan letters I get, that people are getting a lot out of what I'm doing. In fact, um, last year, people were like writing me and saying, you're keeping me sane during this damn pandemic. Mm -hmm. You're keeping me sane during the election. You know, you got me through the last four years. So I got a lot of, of fan mail around that. And so I know what I'm doing is good. However, there's a downside. There's a big downside when you're accessible and when you have like a lot of work out there and you're a published author, it also unfortunately leads to some really nasty people coming into your orbit. Now, I don't get too many people doing things like um, the trolls because I'm pretty boring. They're not really interested in me. <laughs> but what I <laughs> instead what I get is I get like people who come into my world and they'll be like nice to me and then for some reason they get really envious and jealous and start doing like really icky things like talking to other followers behind my back saying oh she's not all that and you should follow me and say so, i mean just really weird gross things so the jealousy and the imposters that come up and rip off my work this is the hard thing about being accessible uh. and you know you start to feel after a while it's like wow i'm out here being nice and you're gonna a, rip me off, or B, start poisoning my well, talking crap about me when I'm not doing anything harmful, that hurts. That yes. sucks. I will tell you, it sucks. And also, when you are a public figure and when you're well-known, it you know there's also some things about that can be great. You, you meet a lot of cool people, but you also lose some of your privacy. Like sometimes I'll be out in the bathroom at a mall and someone will come and say, hey, you're the terrible. I'm like, uh, can I just... <laughs> I just want to pee. Yeah. Let you me know, wash so, my hands. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's, there's things about that that can be really strange and learning how to come to grips with being a public figure who wants to share information and also creating extremely hard boundaries because you attract some really mean people. And I don't like mean people. Mm. I don't like jealousy either. The one thing about me that people learn very quickly, I am not jealous at all. That's not in my makeup. It just isn't. And I like to think it's because my mother was extremely jealous and my first husband was. And seeing that, I think on some level, kind of like short-circuited that part of my brain. So it's something I just don't relate to. I relate to anger and violence. Believe me, I can get violent. But jealousy, just kind of like, what? 
And so when I have someone coming into my world and showing up and acting jealous, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like the person who's going to be helping you out. Why are you getting jealous of me? It doesn't make sense. So that's really, really icky. It's so gross and sad. And the nature of what you're doing of like your daily, you, you talk to the people in your comment section, like you are the very, you are the very model of there is room for everyone at the, at the table or in our case at the bonfire, there's room for everyone at the bonfire. So there's no reason to become jealous or like covetous of another person's light. I guess because it's weird. It's It's very strange. It is very strange. And it's also really strange when somebody is actually trying to help you. But you know, this is something I've dealt with a lot in my life. One of the stories I love telling is when I was five years old in kindergarten, we were in the class and um, this is when I really got my first taste of this kind of energy. And they were some little contests and the winner was going to win a poster. And the teacher called out my name. I won the poster. And I was like, oh, my God. So I went up there and got my little poster and sat down. And this little girl next to me reached over and pinched me as hard <gasps> as she could. I mean, as hard as she could to my arm. The arm turned black. And, you know, and I was shocked. I was I was shocked because of the pain. But also, why would you pinch me? Because I won something. But this has been something that's been a theme. It's like I'm succeeding and somebody else feels weird about it. And it's like, this isn't harming you if I succeed. This is not about you. And if one of us succeeds, we all succeed. Yes. Why would you want to pinch me if I want a poster or because I have books out there or whatever? It, it doesn't compute. I don't get it. I don't either, especially with the community that you build and and, and build every, every single day. I've met so many people because we hang out in your Instagram lives in the morning. Yeah. That mug is so cute. Oh, you're laughing at my mug? I'm laughing at your mug. There's, there's, there's a cat butt there's on it. There's a cat butt. Yeah, cat butts are great. That's very funny. Yeah, I mean, you meet so many great people, and I've met amazing people. And so, you know, we're there, we're having a good time, we're jamming, we're doing our thing, I'm sharing information, I'm telling people about different books and products and decks, and getting them to know about these things. Because again, that's my jam, sharing information. And to have somebody come in there and be weird like that and be envious It is really strange. I mean, if you're going to be envious, it's not like I'm Kim Kardashian looking all hot and stuff. You know, it's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Do not undersell yourself. And if you have not seen (laughs) Teresa, head to her Instagrams in the morning. And she may even flirt with you if you're really lucky. So (laughs) I do like to flirt. I love to flirt. I'm going to teach a class on flirting. One, oh, one. The tarot lady's got it down. I'm going to take that class. Um, you mentioned decks, and this isn't on the list, but I just I want to ask because I always wonder. Um, you don't have to say what your favorite deck of all time is, but like, what's your favorite deck right now? No, my favorite deck of all time, favorite deck. Every yeah. I have, I've got it right handy. This is the deck of all decks. It is the Baroque Bohemian Cats Tarot. I've got two copies of this deck. It is so freaking adorable. I love this deck. I mean, look at this. Cats in Victorian clothes oh is one God. of my things. Literal I've puss got, in boots. Oh, I, yes. Look, look at these little guys, though. I mean, it's like you read it and you know you're going to have the most adorable future ever. I feel. Uh, like- how can you not love this deck? I love. <laughs> oh, and I love. Look at this guy. 
Oh, yeah, so, so fluffy. Because so cute. They're cats. They will get serious on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, feel like I mean, if I pulled a tower card and it had cats on it, I'd be like, all right. Like, all right. I'll, I'll find the tower in here while we're talking because wait till you see the tower. It's so adorable. And some of these cats look, well, first of all, the story behind the deck is that uh, Baba Studio, uh, they were based in Prague for a while. This is my mm. favorite card in the deck, by the way. The five of wands because that little cat look at his silly face <gasps> look at him that looks just like my cat Delzen who passed on and he also made stupid faces like that i love that but anyhow baba studio no, no. um these are actual images of shelter cats for cats that were in the Prague shelter Whoa. and they actually hand make these little outfits which take forever to do and so the deck is it's a really involved deck their process is fascinating which i love love that part of it oh where is that tower card um and <laughs> and it's so i mean you can see how enthusiastic i am about this deck it's so damn cute i mean <laughs> i can barely it. I get so excited about cats in Victorian clothes. It is like one of the things. Because it's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I have to tell you, my, my best friend lives in Portland. And one year I was visiting her. And we saw this guy who was wearing a kilt. And I said, hey, let's follow this guy. He's good looking. <laughs> so we were like kind of like stalking him and following him down the street. And all of a sudden, we came up to this pet shop. And in the window, they had a cat in a Victorian outfit. And both of us have a thing about this. I'm like, oh my God, look at this cat statue. And we were like sitting there drooling over the cat, this cat statue in a Victorian outfit. And I looked at her and said, how sad is this? Here we are grown women. And instead <laughs> we're more excited about these cats in Victorian clothes than this stupid good looking guy in the kilt. Okay, here's the tower. I mean, so that shows you where my priorities are. That it's is like, so oh, funny. Yeah. He's so he's pretty, but oh my God, there's a cat in you know, the Elizabethan collar. We've got to look at this cat instead. You know, it's much better, it's more exciting. It is more exciting, and I'm glad and I asked. As... <laughs> I'm really glad I asked. I love this deck. Oh my God! If I, you know, this is the one deck that nobody gets to touch ever. Ever, ever, mm. ever. No one gets to handle it. Not even my kids. Mm. And I know my daughter's got her eyes on this. She, <laughs> I know that that she's probably thinking, yeah, when you die, I'm taking that. I'm going to be right I'm over gonna... there grabbing that. It's even got a cute little bag. Oh. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. Oh my cute. Gosh. I'm so sorry. And I've got a mini deck. version of this deck, too. Because <laughs> you got to have a mini. You do. And just in case you're not aware or you haven't picked up on it, uh, Teresa is an enabler. Uh, she is a pusher. She is a deck pusher. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm bad. <laughs> is it Teresa's fault that I ended up with like two new decks from you in one month? It, yes. Oh, okay. Most Good. definitely. <laughs> well, I you have know, found I love so many new decks because of you, Teresa. They're gorgeous. And the Meraki right now is one of my favorites. Oh, I love the Meraki. Mm. And I love, again, I love introducing people to this because also, I, I mean, I love artists and I'm amazed by artists. So I love sharing their work. Mm -hmm. And of course, my fellow writers who are out there putting out these amazing tarot and astrology books. Why would I not want to talk about and say, listen, you got to check this out. Look at this. Get this. Look mm. at this deck. I want people to know about all the other people who are out there doing amazing things. 
You're so amazing. You're so good at doing that and pushing. You're the reason, and I think, I know Corey remembers this because we talk about it all the time, uh, but in case listeners forgot, Teresa's the reason we found uh, Jim, uh, Divine Hand Jim, and we're able to have him on the show and talk about palmistry. I I love him. He's writing a book. Mm -hmm. We're very excited about this. Yeah, Yeah, you're, and you're also the reason we found what Shanique was into. Oh, yeah. oh, I love her. Goodness. Listen, as soon as she gets that deck ready to roll, I've been. Here's the thing I love about Shaniqua. First of all, she's a fellow Gemini. Oh, but I didn't know. I've that. been watching her put that deck together, and I love artists. And so every so often, I'll, I'll scroll and I'll see it, and I stop, and I'm like, ooh. Mm. This mm. is how she does it. Got it. I even had I interviewed her for my blog to talk about her process. So she shared her whole process because I'm fascinated. Yeah. And that is a deck I'm excited to get behind because I love supporting. Yeah. I love supporting my peers. I love supporting also black tarot readers and artists and authors as much as I can. And I think that deck is going to do really well. And I think a lot of people are going to want that one. She was she was possibly going to do a Kickstarter start one this month, and she decided to delay it because she doesn't feel quite ready yet. And so I keep checking every week or so to see if it's launched yet. But you mentioned something there as well that I want to point out. One, I really appreciate that you do in your Instagram lives and you also um, one of my favorite books of yours is uh, Tarot for Troubled Times. I freaking love that book. We're going to I'm going to do a lot of links in the show notes, everyone, this time, and you'll be able to find everything that we're talking about. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it in the sparks outside of Teresa's ears and brag about her a little bit more. (laughs) But one of them. That one in particular, that book in particular, Mm -hmm. is so clear that you are a social justice warrior. And it is so Mm -hmm. clear at the end of almost every single day about calling people to be kind to each other, to be kind Mm -hmm. to themselves. Uh, Your great catchphrases of, you know, uh, be prepared, not scared, Mm -hmm. but sending people, calling people out Mm -hmm. to say, do the work, people. Bring other Mm -hmm. people to the table. Make that space at the table for the people who've been oppressed. And you just like, I'm amazed that somebody with your platform, and I'm so excited that -hmm. somebody with your platform uses it for such good. I just want to say thank you. What calls you to do that type of work Mm. and to have written tarot in troubled times? Well, first of all, I grew up with a family that talked politics a lot. Mm -hmm. We always talked politics around the table. My father uh, was, he was a farm guy, but he would read the newspaper and always had an opinion about politics. So we just grew up naturally talking about it and being interested in it. And when I was a young adult, I was involved in an anarchist newspaper, which by the way, my politics For anyone who's listening, they are all the way to the left. Um, I've always been all the way to the left, more left than anyone in my family, of course. My brothers are actually conservatives. So we're very different. uh, (laughs) Uncle Rico. (laughs) Uncle Rico. So I call one Mm. brother Uncle Rico and the other one's Bluto. But anyhow, uh, because he does look like Bluto from Popeye. So, you know, I got involved in the anarchist newspaper when I was a young adult, attended a lot of like protests and riots. And one of the things that we were very keenly interested in was uh, housing for people with AIDS. And that really opened me up to a lot of thinking about homeless people and uh, people with HIV and AIDS and 
you know, living with that and the discrimination they faced. And so I really got plugged into that at a very, very early age. But I've always been political. And I know that when you are out there in the public, they always say, well, you shouldn't talk too much about politics. But my my clients who've known me forever, they know my politics. Mm -hmm. And I've got plenty of clients over the years who are hardcore conservatives. They don't care. They want a good reading. So they're going to come to me and they don't care. You know, they know how I lean. And I just don't hide it because my feeling is this. It's like, look, I'm not going to tell you how to do your thing. This is my thing. This is my opinion. And I'm going to express it. I'm going to speak up for people. And I'm going to talk about things that I think need to be fixed. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But if you like it and you want to share conversations and break bread and make the world a better place, we got to we gotta speak out. So I do yeah. not hide my politics. Uh, and sometimes people get mad at me. I've had people jump off the newsletter or whatnot, if it was, you know, if I wasn't speaking their lingo, or they're saying, I'm not going to follow you anymore. It's like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> go, who cares? Then you, you should so have been here. There you go. People get mad. And the whole thing with Terrible for Troubled Times. So I met Shaheen at one of my book signings, and I fell in love with Shaheen. Now, Shaheen and I had been friends on Instagram, or I'm not on Instagram, on Twitter and other social media things. So he showed up at the, uh, book signing and we hit it off like a house on fire and i'm like oh my god we've got to work together and this was at the time where there was the election going on and people were feeling really hopeless and despondent and so we were like let's create a class to help people cope hmm. with all the stuff that's happening in the world so we created a class called terror for troubled times and by the way there were a couple of people who joined the class and got really mad because they thought we were pushing an agenda. We're like, we're not pushing an agenda. We're, this is a class. This is how to cope with this stuff. And a lot of people, whether you like it or not, are having a hard time with this. So whatever. And so then uh, Wiser approached us and Wiser says, Hey, can you turn this into a book? And we're like, yeah, sure. And we turned it into a book and the book was very popular. It did help a lot of people and it pissed a couple of people off. We had some, um, and I don't even like using the word Karens who left really mad reviews because we we had the audacity to speak about privilege. How and dare like, you? Oh, I know. <laughs> and, and, you know, here's the thing. A lot of these women who are, I'm in the Karen age group. You know, I went to school with plenty of Karens, girls named Karen. And, you know, I'm sure I probably acted like a Karen at some point too, once in a while. But under trying to understand privilege and those things, it took me a minute to get it too. Because it's like, I'm not like 30 years old. It took me a minute, but once it sunk in, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, we got to fix this. We got to speak up about this. We've got to educate other people about this so that they do not cause harm unintentionally. And that's the thing when you don't understand privilege, you may not understand that sometimes the things you do cause harm. Yeah. And so I like speaking up about these things and telling people, listen, I wasn't always this aware even though I've always been, you know, very political, I still had to like learn things along the way. I'm still learning things. There's still some new stuff that pops up and I go, wow, why, how mm -hmm. did I not see that before? Now I totally get it the moment I hear it. Like, I remember the first time I heard the phrase, we're not saying that you didn't have a hard life. Right. We're just saying you didn't have a hard life because of your skin color. And I 
the moment I was able to put that in my mouth, it opened up conversations that I could have with my family. I was like, yes, that's what I, that's, those are the words I've been looking for to talk to family members. And, and it, it just changed everything for a lot of my family members and yeah. woke them up as well. And I still learn. Life is like every a, day. well, yeah. yeah, it's just like a long, long process of learning and unlearning. Oh yeah. And things. And also all I, day, every day. I grew up in a rural area. It was all white and it was farm country and you know everybody there was very conservative in their beliefs and there was a lot of racism and homophobia and when you grow up around it even if you don't believe that sometimes you find those subconscious or unconscious biases do exist Mm -hmm. and they show up in weird stupid ways and all of a sudden it's like oh my god i caught myself that Mm -hmm. was stupid that was stupid and you have to then you have to go back and you have to learn and and unlearn especially when you're my age i mean i'm i'm only a couple years away from 60. there's a lot of unlearning i remember the 60s and i'm unlearning things and maybe i'm some people might think well you're really progressive but i had to unlearn a lot of things and i don't have any shame in that i'm not one person who's like i'm never going to admit that my father was a bigot no my dad was a damn archie bunker my dad was like a super bigot like the biggest bigot ever and you know it was it's awful that he had those beliefs and i understand where his beliefs come from and i can have compassion for that to some degree i guess but on the other hand it's like i want to make sure i do not repeat that that's you no no, 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 no. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to admit that this is where I've come from. And I do see some white people don't want to talk about that. They want to pretend like, oh, I've always been woke. Listen, Carol Lady had to learn to get woke. No. Carol Lady had to wake up a million times because I grew up with damn Archie Bunker. <laughs> I was meathead. By the way, I was the meathead in our family. Yeah. I'm like totally the meathead. You know, so I've always been like the most liberal, open-minded, you know, all the way to the left. But even then you still get it wrong. Like uh, uh, one, you know, one time I, I wrote a, a post on something and somebody called me out for being ableist. I'm like, ableist? My mother was disabled and mentally, and you know, I got defensive. And then later I sat back, I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> you're right. I'll mm. never do that again. I had to learn. And every so often I will say something that maybe the lingo is ableist or it's not, no. you know, inclusive. And you don't realize it because why? Because again, I'm almost 60 years old and undoing it. Like a, a thing that I've been trying to change is saying, you guys. It's so hard. I, uh, yep. It's so yeah. hard. Or saying the word. Y'all and folks. Yep. Or saying the word crazy. Like that's crazy. It's like, oh my God, that's not really nice. Let's try to change the lingo. And it is hard. And, you know, some people get mad. They're like, oh, canceling and word police. I'm like, listen, what's wrong with being decent? What's wrong with having inclusive language? What is wrong with respecting that your words might harm somebody and respecting their feelings? What's wrong with that? Let's grow up. Let's grow up. And language changes. Language changes every every day, every year, every month. Like it changes constantly. Oh, yeah. And I think there's a huge difference, too, between cancel canceling and being inclusive they are separate and Mm -hmm. i i do see what you're saying that a lot of people are trying to combine those together and it's just like yeah no you don't get to do that yeah and there's also (laughs) not what it is there are people also who are afraid to speak up because they are afraid if they talk about politics or anything that they're going to get canceled and they play it really safe and i'm like look if i speak up and i'm saying 
we've got to create a seat at the table and somebody has a problem with that, that's their problem. I don't want to hide that. I don't want to be a watered down version of me to be mainstream and palatable. I'm not mainstream, not at all. I would say you're totally mainstream, but you're the kind of mainstream we all want. <laughs> That's what. It, well, I'm going to head back to a couple of your books yeah. for just a moment. Uh, there is Tarot No Questions Asked, which is so brilliant and beautiful. Astrology, which is just right here. And I'm forgetting the title of it, Teresa. Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the astral curious. <laughs> so, right? And you by the way, come up with the best phrases and the best titles that I have ever heard in my life. And then I'm going to go one more time to uh, Tarot for Troubled Times. I think it's in Tarot for Troubled Times, but it might be in Tarot No Questions Asked, where you say there are three things that you use Tarot for, mm -hmm. diagnos diagnostive, retroactive, and creativity. Mm -hmm. And I and you focus in all of your books about, mm -hmm. yeah, learn what the tarot means. Look at the symbols. Same with astrology. Mm -hmm. Do that. But you really have to listen to your intuition. Mm -hmm. You really have to hone that skill. And then you give exercises for that. When did you first realize that intuition was was so important? Is it something that you always intuitively knew? Or was it something that you articulated after you'd worked with tarot and astrology for a while? Oh, I've always been intuitive. And my whole family is intuitive. Mm -hmm. Even my brother, Uncle Rico, is intuitive <laughs> as hell. But he just doesn't think he's intuitive. But he is. And a lot of times, too, now, this is the one thing I attribute it to. So my parents were farm people. They were eighth grade educated. And when I say this, this doesn't sound nice the way I say it. But sometimes when you don't have like a really educated background, you have to figure out how to survive in the world. And so that's where intuition comes in naturally because it's a survival skill. So my parents were both, I mean, my dad in his own weird way, but my mother was incredibly psychic. My grandmother was very psychic. You know, so we have that in our family. It's an innate thing. It was honored. It was respected. And it's very respected when you don't have all the education to, you know, operate in the world. So my parents didn't have that. They were, again, eighth grade educated. Uh, I used to say, how the hell did they make it in the world, these two? But they were, my mother was very, very intuitive. So we grew up with that as a normal thing. We grew up with a very Catholic household. So superstition was also mm -hmm. a big thing in our household. And so it was all like, you know, it's not a big deal. And what, what became weird for me was when I was in school and other kids didn't think the way I thought. They didn't get it. They thought I was weird. And well, <laughs> I am weird and I'm okay with that. And so I remember being able to sense things, read things, and pick up on things that other people didn't because I grew up in a household like that. And also, yeah. it's a survival skill for children when you have also a dysfunctional family. So it, not only was this a survival skill for my parents because of the lack of education, but my parents also, we had a very dysfunctional household. And so you had to like, kind of like be able to read what was really going on. And so for a lot of children who grow up in households where there's abuse or there's violence, or in my case, pathological liars, you have to figure out 
I mean, God bless my parents. I, I, I bear them no ill will. They had a lot of issues. Sometimes lying was a survival skill, I guess. But for a child, when you're growing up in an environment like that, you also have to figure out, well, how do I navigate this? What's real? Mm. What is mm -hmm. for real? So there were a lot of reasons why the intuition really was there. It's innate. I grew up with family who was intuitive. That was their survival skill for a different reason. And it was my survival skill to navigate that household and to be able to figure out how to deal with all these different people that I was stuck with. So, you know, it was, uh, that's how it really, um, I could tell right from the jump, I was very intuitive. And when I went to school, uh, again, other kids didn't feel that way. So I knew there was something about me that was very, very different. They were not operating yeah. the same. And tarot and astrology helped me to tap into it better. And, and my intuition saved my life. I mean, my intuition yeah. has saved my life and kept me out of a lot of trouble. Um, so I also look at it as it's, it's protective. It is, we all have it. There's nothing special about it. You just got to pay attention to it. Everybody should go back and watch the episode of Jim and Teresa, where she tells this great story about an ex-boyfriend who just wouldn't listen. It's <laughs> a good story. Uh, go, go watch that. You, you've written this great tarot deck for kids. Mm -hmm. And and I know I keep going back to it. I, I love all the books, but I obviously have a special place in my heart for Tarot and Troubled Times. It appears that you have made a conscious effort to pass the torch. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that you're going anywhere for a very long time. You're still very young, but you are teaching so many other people how to fish. Mm -hmm. You are so generous with your knowledge and your wisdom. And you barely sleep. <laughs> we didn't ask. Do you sleep? Do you sleep, Teresa? I sleep. Do you? Okay. How'd you get there? Why Why is that so important to you? Well, passing wisdom on is important because it was so hard for me to get the wisdom when I was young. And I wanted mm. all this knowledge. I wanted the wisdom. I didn't have anyone to teach me. No mentors, no internet. And, you know, so that is one of the reasons why I have to share the information and teach because I remember how hard it was for me. And also I see a lot of people who want to read tarot, they want to learn astrology, or they want to start a tarot astrology business. They don't know how to begin. They feel intimidated. Um, maybe they've worked with someone who made them feel like they were stupid. And I'm always like, no, 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 you're not too stupid. You just didn't have the right teacher. You need someone who's going to be patient with you and help layer this information and you can get it. And I think passing on the baton has become very important to me now because, again, I'm only X amount of years away from retirement. I've got my eye on that prize. And I want to make sure that there are really good, responsible, notice that word, responsible tarot readers out there running businesses that are legit and secure and that thrive. And so that is also the other thing. Uh, and I saw a real need for it because, you know, there are people, they'll go and they'll, they'll get a certification. First of all, look at my face. And they, they take a six-week course, they get a certification, and they assume I'm ready to be a professional tarot reader. Or they take nothing at all. They don't do any study. And they think, I'm ready. And it's like, you're not. And let me tell you, I've got all the horror stories about what happens in this industry. And my goal is to say, no, we're going to really get you ready. You need to learn how to deal with these situations. You need to also have spreads for these different things. You need to be ready to deal with clients who might be really awful. And so I want to prevent 
and protect and really help the next generation of tarot pros do it right and avoid all the drama I had that I had to learn the hard way because I never had a mentor. I can't imagine the thought entering my brain that I am ready at all for reading tarot for people professionally. And I've been doing it for myself for a long time. And I still get so nervous Mm -hmm. reading for anybody else, even like Detta or like my best friends uh, outside the podcast. Like I, the idea of reading for them, it's like, I feel like I have such a responsibility Mm -hmm. and that makes me very nervous. And we talk about responsibility a lot on this podcast. We talk about the responsibility of how you use your magic. Yeah. Um, so I love, I love that um, you were trying to lay that foundation. Yeah, and also I want to bust the myth because some people think, oh, because there's people promoting this, I'll take a little certification. I'm going to make six figures in like six months. It's like, <laughs> now hold on a minute. I'm not trying to like be the angel of death on your fantasy here, but I'm going to make sure that if that is what you want, that you want to make six figures, that you are also not selling your soul along the way to do that. And also not losing sight of what's really important. When you go into tarot, if you're going into it just for money, that's the wrong reason. It should be service. You are serving people. You are called to serve. You're trying to guide and help them. And of course, you want to make a living. That's why we have a business. But if that is your only goal, if you think this is easy money, you are going to be in for a very rude awakening. And some people don't want to hear it. They want the fantasy. And it's like, you go and hang out with that fantasy for a little while. And when you're ready to get serious about being a reader and doing this work and being responsible and taking good care of your people, then you can come back here. Otherwise go off into the fantasy. I'm not going to give people the fantasy because I've done this for 30 years and I was also a high volume reader. You know, like I see people, they're, they're professional readers. They do two readings a week. I was doing eight readings a day. That energy. Eight readings a day. The energetic cost of that. Not to make, and also I used to do parties and events, you know, on top on of top all that. On top of the eight readings? Oh my God. I worked. Wow. I worked really hard. And, you know, I had uh, a lot of years in the tarot trenches and I've dealt with every situation. And that's the thing a lot of times people are not prepared for what comes with this work. And there are some things that come with this work that only someone who's been in the trenches really understands. Well, and I also find it amazing how well you balance your boundaries because it's really hard to have boundaries when you're reading mm-hmm. intuitively. Yep. And But you are able to find this great balance. And it's one of the things you're teaching us as mm-hmm. well uh, in the Patreon classes is that balance between boundaries and mm-hmm. opening yourself up and letting you yourself be intuitive and open without getting shat upon. Well, so, uh, Beck, well there is yeah. one thing I do say, though. People with lousy boundaries are the best tarot readers because <laughs> you are so open. You do. You are so <laughs> open to people's energy and stuff. You're a fabulous, fabulous reader. You are more psychic if you have shitty, shitty boundaries. I don't know if I can swear in your podcast. Yeah, but, you yeah, yeah. but if you don't have those boundaries, you also end up getting in a lot of trouble. You get drained by your work. You have people taking advantage of you. You have a lot of creepy, icky situations and I've had all the icky ones. So it's good to be that open, but you do need those boundaries because it will ultimately make you a better reader. It will take your intuition. It will provide a container so that you're safe and your clients are safe too, because big open boundaries isn't necessarily good for your clients either. Yeah. Yeah. Teresa, thank you so much for your time. 
And I'm just so grateful that you're here and that we finally got to do this and got to hang out with you for an hour. And I just am really grateful. And we're about to, we do this thing called Sparks, and we're about to talk a lot about your books and where they can find you and all of that good kind of stuff. We're just so going to gas you up. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So thank you and just have a great night. Thank, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you both so much for having me. This was great fun. I love talking tarot 24-7 and love, jam love jamming with you both. So thank you, thank you. And mm -hmm. hopefully we'll do this again sometime. Yeah. I hope so. Next time we'll have to talk about David Bowie and Prince and have a David Bowie Prince off. Yeah, I'm just saying. And Tom, <laughs> and a little, a little Tom Petty in there too. Lately, I've oh, been, I love Tom Petty. Oh my God. Listen, I got to tell you one thing before we go. Every okay. time something big happens in my life and something weird and sometimes something bad, all of a sudden there's a Tom Petty song playing. <gasps> it's so weird. And it's been like that my entire life. There's always been like, oh, something's horrible is happening. Oh, my God, a Tom Petty song. What the hell? So there's oh always a Tom Petty song when something major happens in my life. That he's the one of my major doom. Well, <laughs> sometimes it's kind of like doom, but there's always something. And musical oracles is a really big thing for me. And I got to tell you, Tom Petty shows up. Tom Petty shows up wow. when I need it, when I need a very specific message. It's always Tom mm. Petty. That's rad. Oh, I love Tom Petty. I was just thinking about him this morning. He's the best. Yeah. Ugh. Well, thank you, Teresa. <laughs> thank you. Thank All you. Right, have a good night. Thank you. You mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Mwah. Bye. 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 So, Corey, let's uh, let's spark. Let's, let's send some, some spark. sparks. All right. Today, you're going to have to listen to data quite a bit because we're sparking Teresa and I kind of just like, let's talk first about her Patreon. It, while, like we said in the podcast, it's one of the most fulfilling Patreons. There's so much quantity and quality there, so even at the basic level. And at the basic level, you get this thing called Hot Dates. On the first of every single month, she does a live event and she goes through all the dates for the month that have to do with astrological events. And save your astrology is her saying. She's just, <laughs> I know, she is just like, the wordmeister and so check out her patreon check her out on instagram check her out on her blog this woman works literally all the time and i'm gonna link all of the books and she actually has two tarot i meant to bring this up she has the uncommon tarot I don't know why I'm showing it to you. We're not live. And, and the one that's coming out, uh, Tarot for Kids, with Kaylee Whitman. The next thing after that that's coming out is in August 2022. It's a long time to wait. And it's called Twist Your Fate, Manifesting Success with Tarot and Astrology. Actually, I think it's Astrology and Tarot. And Publishers Weekly has already announced that and is already on Barnes & Noble for pre-order. If it sounds like I am really pushing the Teresa Reed train, I am. I think she has amazing wisdom. And if you're a witch on a budget, that's totally fine. Head over to her website. You can read all these amazing blog posts about 
tarot and astrology and life. And she also does the daily tarot poll every morning, almost every morning on Instagram. And she does that live. She posts it for one day and then she takes it down and replaces it with the next one. She doesn't leave them all up uh, all the time. But she also does some really great interviews with other people. So there's a lot of free material that she offers as well. But you can get in on her Patreon for like, I think it's five bucks. And you get that great hot dates, at which I just did yesterday. We did it August 31st. And oh my gosh, September, so many dates to look for. And she also on her blog offers business advice and how to keep yourself safe and protected. She's just absolutely wonderful. So please go and check out everything she does. I'm also going to spark up one other spark up. There, I did it again. I'm going to send out a spark for one other person that I watched in real time, Teresa Inspire, go from not having the confidence. So interesting, Corey, that you said what you said. Uh, that you didn't have the confidence to read. And also notice that Teresa said that about passing on the knowledge rather than keeping it all secret. And I know that's a big thing with Corey. Corey loves that. (laughs) I don't I don't believe in the withholding of education and knowledge. I just don't. She is really good. Teresa is really good about doing that. And I watched a, a great Instagram that you can also follow called Beth the Wicca. And I watched. Yeah. Right. Beth went from, I'm not sure I should do this. I'm not sure I'm ready in one class. And Teresa was like, you are ready. Get your ass out there. Go. (laughs) You are. It is time. And I don't remember exactly what happened in the class. And I also don't know how much I can reveal of it anyway. But I do remember that. And I'm sure that's fine to talk about because she's talked about it publicly as well. Go check out her page. She's starting to do group rituals. She did one for money that was so successful for every single one of her members. It was in, you got to see it in real time, people responding who were part of this ritual of what happened to them within the first 24 hours and sometimes within 10 or 15 minutes. So anyway, Beth the Wicca, the Tarot Lady, aka Teresa Reed Inspired, those are our sparks. And I'll put all of that in the show notes. And until next time, be well, harm none. And don't forget, you are magic. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And we'd like to ask you to rate and review us on Apple Podcast. And to press the little plus sign on Spotify to add us to your episodes. You can also find us on iHeartRadio and just about anywhere where you listen to podcasts. But if you want to reach out and talk to us, you can email us at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter or just ask us questions and hang out. You can catch us on Twitter at bonfirebabble or on Facebook at bonfirebabblepodcast or on Instagram at bonfirebabblepodcast, which is where we spend most of our time. Yes. We are also... Hooray! On TikTok now at Bonfire Babble Podcast. Thank you, Corey. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, it's a little baby page right now, but we are recording things and putting them up. And our website will also start to have a lot more information, and that is bonfirebabble.com. You can also reach out to us in a more tangible way. We have a P.O. Box now, which is P.O. Box 16341. Seattle, Washington, 98116. We would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle. 
the Duwamish people, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information, reach out to realrent.org.